The following program is rated MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchill. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall in turn four. Lot one for Sheldon Hutchill. Quick time! Off turn four. Quick time! Ten, zero, three, zero. Second lap time for David. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Quick Time, the podcast. Brandon Anderson here, uh, fresh off a week of midget racing out here in the Midwest. Uh, we're going to get dive into that a little bit, but let's introduce the boys. Let's start with the guy who actually went out to a racetrack this past week, uh, Jason Orthman. How's it going? It's going good. Um, finally took, uh, got out to see the midgets. It's one of my favorite shows, so I delivered on what I said I did, but I also promised my son to go. And uh, what was going to be a one night him and then one night photos turned into two nights with my son and and another night with my fam my Saturday night took the wife out too we had a good time wandered around the little county fair for a bit and uh, it was it was a great time we drove in the deluge and I'll tell you what I I thought up until about a mile out from the track thought that thing was guaranteed rain out but fortunately they they hardly got anything out there yeah for sure I, I drove in the same thing going out there and uh. Let's uh, bring in the husband of the year who actually stayed home this past week, uh, Mr. <laughs> IB Racing, Brad Brown. How are you doing? Doing great. Uh, yeah, I had to take care of the wife. Uh, I suck as a caregiver, I can tell you that. But, uh, yeah, we, we did such a great job last week on this podcast. We thought we'd do it again and only better this week. Yeah, definitely. As I mentioned, uh, we have the uh, the midget shows. Uh, the, what do they call the Midwest Midwest uh, midget week or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Midwest midget week. Uh, so we're going to be talked to the one of the hottest drivers out there right now in the midgets, Mr. Tanner Thorson, is going to be joining the program later on, and he had a hell of a week. Uh, picked up the win on uh, at Beloit on actually it was Thursday night at Beloit. They had a rain out on Wednesday night, so we'll talk about that a little bit, and then picked up the opening night of the uh, Jefferson County race there in Fairbury. I don't remember how did he do on Saturday? Did he? Uh, we can bring that up because he got taken out by uh, Mr. Justin Grant. Oh, okay. He was a little. He was a little upset. Visibly upset. Yeah, visibly upset. But uh, from from the sounds of midget racing now nowadays, there's a lot of people who are visibly upset. Yeah, yeah. and we're going to discuss that in length tonight. Uh, there's there's a lot of opinions. Some of it's good. Some of it's bad. So we're going to talk to Tanner and uh, we're going to all three of us voice our opinions on what we're seeing on the midget tracks. Yeah. Before we dive into the midgets, let's uh, kick off the show with some local news. Eagle Raceway. Uh, that deluge uh, must have went up out, out towards them because they got rained out after the heat races. Yeah, all of them, a uh, full set of B features. So, what, five classes of B features, five class A features, whole thing next week. So um, bring your seat cushion because it's going to be a long night. Yeah, definitely. Well, that That's good for uh, for Roger to, to continue the show next week because – Forever and a day, everybody knows that as soon as the heat races are over, it's considered a show. Yep, full show. Yep, so, so Roger and, and people still don't understand that. It's been that forever and a day, but to, still people get all pissed off about that. But that's been the rainout policy forever. Here's why. You know, why do I got to pay ticket twice? Because he's got to pay the purse twice. Absolutely. Yep. And that's the bottom line. That's why if you rain out in the heat races, he didn't pay out nothing, you get in next week. But it's, it's the oldest thing in the book. It, everybody's been doing it. I 
I don't know why it surprises people. That's I mean, that's why fans, you know, that fourth heat race comes out in your last class and it's sprinkling or whatever. They're like, oh, cancel, cancel. Well, the promoter on the other side is like, let's get this shit in. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee you, it is not a, um, it's not a win-win, you know, on his end. Yes, he, he charges, but he will get the, the same people, probably not a whole lot more people. Plus, not only that, everybody's complaining about some, it was $5 night. Yeah. Oh, you know, get over yourself, man. It's five, five bucks. bucks. You know? I still don't understand the confusion why people go, that rainout policy is bullshit. Well, uh, ever since I can remember going to races, that's what it's always been. And so many promoters um, today, more so than yesteryear, uh, they they do carry it over for the next week or whenever it fits back into their schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the day, they would just cancel and take the money to the bank and call it good, and they didn't have to pay out B or A feature purse, and so it was all profit for them. And so props to several people do it. Knoxville does it. I mean, shoot, everybody does it anymore. They just they just hold, they finish out that night on later on in the in the season whenever it fits into the schedule yeah and it's not like roger didn't try to get the show in i mean he was out there in the tractor he had all the the push trucks out there trying to roll in the track keep that keep the racing service alive but you know you get you get that much of rain dumped in there it's it's gonna be hard and yeah there is no benefit to a rain out and so don't you know a, a promoter they're going <laughs> look at me i didn't have no you had to pay you had to have most most of your food was cooked yep that you're going to serve that night. You had to pay most of the money you're paying the people has been paid. Yep. And, and you, you don't have the back end to collect off of, you know, that 30% that's, or 20% that's left over for us tonight. It, it's not a win. It's not a winning situation. It's, it's just making the best of a bad one. So yeah, people it, just need to relax, calm down, it's racing, drink another Bud Light, enjoy the evening. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so like we said, uh, double features are actually double B features. C features if they have them, double A features next week at Eagle Raceway. Uh, big news at up the road at Knoxville Raceway. There's a new dominant driver out there, and it's not Brian Brown. Well, that might change, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Justin Henderson had a hell of a week last week. Uh, last weekend, uh, he goes over to Jackson and he finishes uh, fourth. Goes to Knoxville Saturday and he he does uh, uh, runs the three sixteen the four ten. In the 410, he goes from 8th to 1st and wins a half of beef. And then in the 360, he goes from 4th to 1st and wins a half of pig. So I hope he has a big deep freeze because he's going to need it. And then he goes over to Houston's on Sunday and goes from 6th to 1st. So uh, three three wins and three races. And tonight, we'll see if he goes 4 for 4 because they're up at Rock Rapids uh, racing the 360 tonight. So for $3,000 to win. Well, shit. I mean, when I rolled up here at the brew factory, you had the grill out there, so I didn't know Justin was out here and we're grilling up something that meat <laughs> yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we had some pork uh, pork loin, but yeah, the, uh, props to Justin. He's getting hot at the right time too. Uh, I, I think the three sixty is his. The eighty three and the seven is starts with an S. A Sunvig or Sandvig? I have no clue. <laughs> so. Um, props to them, and uh, hopefully Justin can take care of business again tonight. Shout out to Tyler Drukey. Third place finish that Absolutely. night. Absolutely, yeah. Look, won his heat, um, was holding on, you know, and then had a little bit of fortune when uh, the two leaders took each other out. <laughs> and so um, I didn't he, he's around third, yeah, and uh, gosh, who was it? It was uh, Linton Jeffrey and I want to say Wade Nygaard. I could be wrong. Uh, just a racing deal. You know, they, they both kind of shook hands and, like, you know, <laughs> it – it was just a bad deal, and uh, and then uh, Henderson ran down Drew Keen, but he um, he hung in there, and he's looking really good in that four ten. Yeah, definitely. I, I do have a little beef with Tyler Drukey, though. 
He posted a, a photo of his uh, car loaded up in the trailer, and his uh, tail tank number's are about six inches difference in height. <laughs> yeah, we, just, di- we discussed that last week. Drives me nuts. Come on, Tyler, <laughs> get in the game. <laughs> no, but yeah, he had definitely had a good run out there. It's good to see the local boys. I mean, Jack Dover's been doing a hell of a job out there in the 410s. What's uh, third class points out there, going so. into the week, so. Uh, we mentioned Brian Brown a little bit, and it sounds like he brought out a new crew chief over at Eldor this past weekend at the Kings Royal, and a pretty impressive some, uh, some dude, yeah, yeah some, some dude, some catfish dude. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was that was big news for everybody. I don't know that anybody even suspected it or talked about it. Um, Chad uh, Morgan, Chad Morgan has been his crew chief forever and a day, and. We all have discussed it. Uh, it's been on message boards. It's been on social media. Brian's just not been Brian in the last two years. Uh, he wins a couple every now and then. When he travels, he's not competitive. Um, so whatever reason, uh, he brought on Danny Lasoski to be the crew chief. Uh, sounds like it was last-minute deal. They loaded up and headed to um, Rossburg, Ohio, to Eldora, and they had a pretty damn impressive weekend. Uh, he got two seconds, and I don't know how he finished the other two races, but he was competitive. He was fast. Uh, uh, good to see Brian back up front being competitive. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like that uh, family food from uh, 2004 Knoxville Nationals is finally over. Well, I think there's only a few people that still bring that up. Uh, I'm one I, of them. Because it, it made, for, I will say, it made for great TV. It so, made for great TV, true. but that is, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that was over. It was over the, the next day, probably. The next yeah. day, yeah. guys being guys, we don't we forget right away and have a beer. Girls will carry that grudge forever, but uh, damn right, no offense, women, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so. Uh, that happened at the right time for Brian because that got him competitive. And uh, yeah. we might see him being a threat for the Knoxville Nationals again this year. He yeah. looks solid. He yeah. really looked. I mean, I, that first night, you're like, you kind of looked at him like, hold a second. This might be the favorite to win this thing on the first night. But. Well, he even mentioned in an interview, it's, it's good to smile after a race because yeah. he hasn't for a while because he just wasn't competitive. Yeah, he's a highly competitive guy. And when yeah. you don't do good, it's yeah. you're just grumpy. Yeah, and for a, a, an owner, driver, team like that, uh, everybody loves Casey's General Stores. Uh, everybody loves FVP. Uh, we support them. I got shit. I got so much stuff on my shelf from FVP. Uh, it's good to see them run up front and uh, be competitive because I can't wait to to tear the house down when a local Knoxville driver wins the Knoxville Nationals. If that'll ever happen, it hasn't yet in sixty years. So, yeah, I think it'll happen. Isn't that strange? Yeah. It's yeah. It, yeah, it's I mean Mike Brooks had about the best chance years ago when he sat on the pole, but uh then that fog in came and oh, stuff yeah. and but uh, yeah, um I mean they they damn near tore down the the house down with Lasoski when his first one and yeah. he wasn't a Knoxville regular for a few years since yeah. then because he was running the outlaw tour, but if a Knoxville regular wins that thing yeah, it's going to be better than when Tim Schaefer won it. I'm sure Dingus will <laughs> or, 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 or Jason Johnson or, you know, any, anybody but Donnie Schatz. Dingus won't shut down if Brian Brown wins yeah. that thing. Uh, I know when Tim Schaefer won, uh, the car owner, um, they put the uh, first $5,000 was on them. And I'm sure that didn't last very long. But uh, Yeah, not with uh, as packed as that place was. Brian Brown's if, – if he can do that, he's going to uh, – the, the, the place will destroy Dingus. <laughs> Uh, talk about Kings Royal a little bit. Uh, this was confusing for me. You ran the 38th before the 37th. Yep. I'm sure there's logical reason why. I know why. I did not catch it. So it was confusing for me. 
So what what it was was that the people who bought tickets for last year when it got canceled had made plans for a Saturday show. So he said, look, I, anybody that's got those tickets was planned to go on Saturday, and therefore next week we're going to make it a Saturday show. Everybody knows that the 2021 version, the 38th, was going to be a weekday show when they bought it because they because they you know they rescheduled it pretty early in advance. So that was that was the official word was that they want people who bought tickets for a Saturday Kings Royal to have tickets for Saturday. So however you want to, I mean, chances are, given how packed the place was, they were probably at both anyway. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, like but, I said, but that that was the that was the official word. Like I said, I knew there was a logical explanation. Yeah. I just didn't the read the press release. The was scheduled for, you know, whatever, Thursday at the time, and so they knew you knew that coming in. What, what kind of sucks, but yet it doesn't suck, obviously, is is Tyler Courtney. Yeah, he got to celebrate being the king for like, for like four hours. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're only as good as your last race, and uh, he had, I think, he blew a tire or something. Anyway, um, I mean, they still celebrated that night. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. yeah, they still had fun. But uh, he came um, fourth, didn't he? Did I think he came in for yeah, it. He, he started up on the front row. Mm-hmm. So, Sorry, I mean, row. you're right. If it wasn't yeah, for some fourth. dude named Kyle Larson, we'd still be talking about King Tyler Courtney. He won the most money that weekend all between oh, yeah. all four nights. Uh, it was Tyler. And, man, that guy's impressing everybody. It, he He's driving. Hey, I mean, we I think in our preseason show that we had on, on the podcast, we all picked him to be the rookie of the year with the All-Stars. I don't think any of us expected this much success. And so that's awesome to see Tyler Courtney take off the wing and do what he's doing. Yeah. Tyler was our, our first big time interview on this show, uh, right around about a year ago, right after the, uh, Jefferson County race, we, we dialed him up and, uh, he was racing outlaw race, uh, wing car out there. Yeah. So. We come in the middle of the outlaw show and yeah. we're like, Oh, are we buddy? No, yeah. No, just, we just got done running the heat race. Yeah. What's going and he, on? <laughs> he was going to talk to us as long as we wanted to go, you know? So, so yeah, it's cool to see 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 him have success there. I mean, it's it's no surprise the kid is a damn good race car driver. Yeah, that's that was impressive for that, uh, and for Eldora to get that four days in, uh, to get that four days in with the rain and so forth. That was it was awesome, and you know there was a lot of people bashing the track prep on the the Sunday show. But that was classic Eldora. It's put nice your show. Oh, sure put, it was. put your right rear up against the fence and just let her sail. Yeah, it was dusty. Yeah, it was dirty. But that's what old Eldora before Tony got a hold of it and reconfigured the banking and stuff. Uh, it that was it was a class, and it turned out to be a pretty decent race too. It just wasn't uh, a follow the leader. So uh, props to the Eldora crew for getting that four day show in. Have either of you guys been to Eldora? No. I have not. It's, Bucket list. It's one place I want to go to for sure. Yeah. I don't I don't know if it's the place I want to go shoot because well they got that big tall fence around the infield. Yeah. But I think it'd be a cool thing a place is just it's one of those historic racetracks that I think everybody just needs to visit. I yeah, say I've been there. They say bring your ski goggles cuz you're going to need it and even if it's not a dirty dusty track just by the speed and the and they're always turning the the dust just flies out into the stands and so you just got to wear ski goggles and enjoy the the shit out of the show and it's a lot like Skagit you you eat dust all night but it's they put on a great show it's a little bit like Jefferson County yeah. <laughs> sitting in those stands it, it was uh it was vapor trails that we saw on absolutely on, on, yeah uh, what was it Thursday night, the rain out night, the rain out night, the rain yeah. out night. Yeah, they're but, vapor trailing it. And I, I, I want to give a shout out to the uh, Dirt Vision crew guys. Uh, the show they put on during that rain out was like 
live TV. I mean, it's like, it reminded me of old TNN days where they were killing time, doing a bunch of interviews, meeting with guys, and, and just generally talking, and it kept everybody entertained. I even went back, because I was at the racetrack on, on that night, and I went back and watched the replay of the rain. Uh, the rain yeah, they, I mean, they filled it in like it was natural. Yeah. Like, they had planned to do all this, like this was going to be some big, long, like a NASCAR-type show, and they were just going to go fill it in as, as, they, as they went along, and... It, it, it was. It was a really entertaining way to fill up that time, and so, they worked hard to do it. Yeah, so our buddies Blake Anderson, uh, Tony Bachoven, Johnny Gibson, and this Chase Rodman guy. I really don't know a whole lot about Chase, but, I mean, he does a hell of a job. Yeah, he's, he's been a nice, nice, uh, nice addition to the crew. I agree. I don't know what his full background is, but he's picking it up pretty quickly. He asks, I think, good questions in the interviews and stuff. I, I think he's doing a really good job. Yeah, one thing we wanted to bring up on the – King's Royal was the uh, the Matson brothers. Oh yeah! <laughs> <sighs> Thanksgiving, Christmas over that household's got to be rough this year. I tell you, I'm, I've never driven a sprint car really. Um, uh, we've talked you about have the, more than we have. You've talked about the Kenny Walls driving school. I've did that, but uh, I tell you, Kerry Madsen got blasted on social media for that crash. Uh, if you guys didn't see it. Uh, Ian was running, and Kerry was right behind him. They come out of four. Kerry had a full steam ahead um, right behind him. Kerry dove low into one to pass Ian, and Ian decided to take the low groove as well. They made contact, and, man, did they go for a ride. And and there is no way in hell anybody can convince me that that was on purpose. Kerry just went low to pass him because it looked like Ian was going to go on the high side. And but they took a two a bad crash and destroyed two cars. Um, they they walked away and they they lived to race another day. But man, people are bashing Kerry Madsen, and it looked like to me it was just a racing deal, and it was unfortunate that it was the brothers. And they fortunately they did walk away. Um, so, it, it was, but it was a, a very impressive crash, and I'm glad they both are, are okay. Kerry was just thinking he was driving a midget there for a little bit. <laughs> wow. We'll go there. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there later on. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a, it was a pretty uh, pretty uh, uh, violent crash, and I'm glad they both walked away okay. Absolutely. Ben Mel can be replaced. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they definitely tore up a lot of races. And speaking of tearing up race cars, this one did not look that bad, but the uh, Geo Celti crash. Yeah. It looked like he just kind of – Went in there, tapped the wall, but if you looked at the car, it was destroyed. I guess I didn't see that one. I mean, it took the whole front end and shifted it good foot, two feet. Oh, yeah. It was was a mess. And it it didn't look like much. It's it's weird how those ones that don't look that bad. Are the bad ones. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah. All right, so with that being said, we're going to take a quick break here. I need a refill. We're going to be joined on the hotline with uh, Tanner Thorson. So everybody hang tight. Fill up my cup with some whiskey and ice. I finished that and I chug a bush light. Don't give a fuck about liquor for beer, so I guess I'm in the clear. Leaving my phone at the trailer tonight. Anyone else wanna go for a bite? When I say bite, buddy, I mean a drink, meaning we gon' take shots till we puke in the sink and we're dancing with everyone having the ball. Doesn't surprise me, I'm handsome and tall. Spin them around and I catch when they fall. Got a couple more songs and I'm back in the stall. If you knock on the door, then you're gonna get hit. For all that you know, man, I'm taking the shit. Give me a minute, stop throwing the fit. If we're coming in tired, we're going out lit, then it's rage. Second wind, please engage. Someone please show me the stage. Find me a mic, I got something to say. Tired of band, but they're done for the day. Better fire me up, I got something to play in the song. I'm feeling like raging. I'm feeling like raging. 
I'm feeling like raging, so rage is what I'm gonna do. Do me a favor and buy me a shot. I toss you a 20, that's all that I got. Not all I got, but it's part of my plot. When you're playing the music, you don't buy a lot. Like a slot machine, I only pay when I wanna. It's not gonna stop you from playing, you're gonna. So give me your dollars and nickels and quarters, and I'ma keep playing. You're paying the supporters, and I'ma go crazy. My pupils are hazy. I'm drinking Jack Daniels, goddamn it, it's tasty. My boots are Lucchese, I'm looking like Swayze, and I got a girl who look good in some days. And I'm feeling lately, I just feel like raging I'm stuck in a cage, I bust open the case I've been slow in the race, but I still have the crown Thank you Wisconsin for holding me down in the zone Third wind, take me home Is the place where we go after bar Tell them no, it's not far, tell them no to the car If you follow me, I'll get you there in the day In the 3am club is where legends are made and it's on I'm feeling like raging I'm feeling like raging I'm feeling like raging So rage is what I'm gonna do around and I look in the fridge I'm looking for something like leftover ribs I've been there three days but they smelling okay shit either way been a hell of a day That's right. It's been one hell of a day, but you know, we're here with the boys. We're drinking some beers, talking racing, and uh we got a segment that we're going to do here real quick before we uh jump on the phone with uh Tanner Thorson. There's a a uh, craze going on around the interwebs about this bush light apple bush, bush apple and oh. i don't understand the craze but people are all over this stuff and so i was at high v today or yesterday and i they were selling these for a dollar a can so i thought i'd buy one just to see so we're going to do an evaluation or an impression of the bush apple and whether it's thumbs up or thumbs down and so, if this is overrated yep everybody knows the rule one sip and give your opinions okay um, I'm not a fruit beer person, but that's pretty damn good. It's pretty fucking good, if yeah. you ask me, man. I could... It's kind of like a cider more than it is a beer. Yeah, it tastes like, yeah. Deep it tastes like uh, a sparkling cider. Yeah, I mean, this is not something I would sit there and sip. I would actually probably chug these like, you know. Okay, okay Bushlight, yeah. you, this, you did well on this the, one. Uh, is this got the uh, diabetic coma effect of Butterita? <laughs> it's a winner in my book. I, I I'm giving it a yeah, thumbs up. That, that yeah. I, you wouldn't drink a lot of them, and I I don't think because of the the sweetness I of mean, the apple. I'll have to admit, I, I was like a Natter Day fan too, so I like I like that lemonade. Okay, one, but, so this is yeah. All right, I see what the fuss is about. Okay, Brand um, Brandon McMahon, you're you're crying for this stuff. Hopefully, somebody will bring you some in Knoxville. But uh, yeah, Brad Brown trade out for some uh, deliver. Hey, hey, Brad, we'll bring you up a case of this stuff for uh, some uh, Paul McMahon swag. <laughs> Yeah, of the five or the twenty-three, or a Nas cooler, which whatever one you can, whichever one you can get out of the shop there, Brady. Yeah, I'll, that fancy Nas cooler. Absolutely. So, yep, thumbs up on the Bush Light Apple. Not a, not a bad beer. I, I don't think I could drink a lot of them in one night, but uh, uh, they I think they did pretty well. It's not the apple's not overwhelming, but uh, um, no, but it does taste like apple. Yeah, it does. It does clearly. Yeah, it's good stuff. I like it. Yeah. All right, we're going to be joined on the phone here just one second while we dial him up. Uh, Tanner Thorson, winner of the Beloit uh, 
Chad McDaniel Memorial and the opening night at Jefferson County Speedway. Told you, when Tanner Thorson gets hot, he gets red hot. Last night he scored his third main event victory in the 2021 season. He's going to go back to back here in Mid-America. Thorson wins night number one here in Fairbury. All right, joining on the phone right now is the winner of that race down there, Fairbury. Not only did he pick up that win, but he also picked up the 10th running of the Chad McDaniel Memorial this past week over at Beloit and uh, Solon Valley Speedway in Kansas. Tanner Thorson, man, how's it going? What are you up to this Tuesday night? Good, good, man. Just got done finishing dinner and heading to Andy's Frozen Custard. Oh, frozen Custard. Can't go wrong with that. I don't think it'd go good with the beers we're drinking right now, but definitely definitely a good thing to have on a, on a hot uh, summer night. Right, exactly. <laughs> So, so kind of just jump in and dive in. Uh, you sounded like you had a pretty good week out here in the Midwest. Uh, what do you got to say about that? I mean, picking up two wins uh, is is pretty damn good on on a four a four, four race week. Yeah, it was good, man. We uh, we've been struggling here lately, and uh, you know, just kind of going back to basics and and getting back on a on a baseline setup that you know I've kind of created over the last few years of doing my own stuff and uh you know just always trying to get better and better and sometimes you go backwards in that process so um just a good feeling to finally get get some speed back in the race car and um and have shot at winning the race every night we go out you've been um now if i'm right you've been kind of bouncing back between say a coilover setup and a torsion bar setup am i right yeah. Yep. Yeah. Is it uh, is it something that uh, is is that baseline? Are you doing your bars, coils? Where what's uh, what's making it work for you now? Um, just back on bars. Um, you know, obviously I built my coil setup off of off of my bars and my spring rein and my bars and and just ride heights with with bars. So um, I you know switched over to doing coils and um, had success. I'd say right out of the right out of the box with that and uh it's just a matter of you know getting everything right and and uh you know having having speed in your race car before you switch over to them um and that's something that i had before and then switching this year did new cars and had some new 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 package basically as far as you know my motors and my cars so um just something that the coils didn't seem like and uh you know just now that i got my bar set up back and and it's fast again and i'll be able to kind of work on running some coils again down the down the road so now now with that three car team that you guys have with that the reinbold cars are you guys kind of running your own deal or is you guys kind of sharing information between all three of you or how's that work out yeah we share information um you know i share as much as you know them guys ask me for um, Rizzy's kind of on his own program and, and does his own deal over there and um, sets those two cars up. So, uh, you know, we're all obviously one team. Um, I kind of run my program as um, not myself, you know, obviously, but, you know, just kind of I take care of my own car and uh, I take it to the racetrack and maintenance it throughout the week and um, just kind of the little outs and odds to the program. But, uh, you know, we all you know, go off the same tires and, and, and run, run off of each other as far as parts and everything else. Yeah, definitely. So it sounds like, you know, your own operation, but, uh, going back to the, uh, the Beloit race, uh, we struggled with rain on Wednesday night as, as a, as a crew, as a, as, as a team, when you run out there and, you know, we're getting ready to run out, run motor heats out there, then the rain opens up. So they go out and work the track for an hour. Or so then we go back out there, Again, try to get some hot laps, and it opens up again and, and kind of cancels the program. What do you guys do as a team 
to just kind of kill time and you know figure figure stuff out how the track's changing because it's going to obviously if we ran that night it's going to be hammered down one lane most likely yeah i think just kind of gather up all your information that you've had racetracks that you've been on that have you know had a really hooked up or or greasy surface and uh just kind of start changing stuff um i know once we decide to go go back out and uh hot lap that you know i changed quite a bit of things to to kind of accommodate for for what was going on with the rain and with the racetrack so um it's just a matter of you know having your baseline and being able to tighten up or, or free up from there yeah, on Friday, um, you had a, had a really good uh, run there. There was a – we'll go here a little bit. There was a little bit of a restart controversy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think some people were kind of wondering uh, some issues. You know, there was – we got a restart, and a few guys got – you know, I don't know what happened. They just stopped, ran into each other a little bit. Um, people saw things one way. Tell us, you know, that thought maybe you didn't – Maybe you checked in. I'm not assuming that it didn't look like that because the guys behind you didn't have a problem getting going. And uh, some guys yeah. talked, you know, officials were talking to you after that. Can you kind of take us through that restart and, and give us your uh, your take on what happened there? Yeah, just normal restart, right? Trying to get the best advantage you can out of out of uh, out of uh, restart. It was was more so single lane than not that first night, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I kind of rolled off the top and diamond to the bottom didn't change my pace one bit didn't get on the brakes didn't roll out of the throttle or anything and um next thing you know there's a big pile up and you got all these guys you know instantly thinking it was me um just a matter of you know obviously being the leader and and having the to be able to set my own pace and do what i want but uh the first four cars didn't hit me and uh you watch the video and i've slow moded a hundred times just to see if i if there is something that I did do that I didn't know about, you know, um, but you know, there's obviously a lot of talk that people, as far as being involved with the car that was in the incident, I kind of called someone out about it last night on midget Monday, that yep. it'd be a different scenario if, uh, your car wasn't involved in it. Right. So, um, I didn't do anything wrong. And in the end of the day, like I told that guy, you know, I, I, uh, I set the pace no matter what anyway. So, and that's the, that's a positive you get when you're when you're leading. Yeah, from my vantage point, I was down in turn two uh, shooting photos, and you coming around for that restart right there, and like like you said, you didn't you didn't check up, you didn't slow down, you you, you waited, you waited to the last possible moment at the at the restart line to you know get on the gas, which which is your right. But is that what Levi was kind of lecturing you about in victory lane afterwards? Because we had to wait a little bit as he was a uh, looked like he was scolding his child there for a little bit as uh, we waited for victory lane photos. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing. I don't know. There's every every time I win or lose, there's always something wrong. I did something wrong. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it's just a matter of uh, being the guy that voices my opinion most of the time, right? They don't they don't like they don't like what I have to say ninety percent of the time. So, um, it's uh, it is what it is. You know, you're when you're fast, you got a problem. When you're slow, you got a problem. And it's just something that you kind of overcome and, and know what you get, know, know what you're going to get. Right. So, um, you know, I have nothing but respect for Levi and it's kind of weird because I kind of sent that video out and, and none of the officials ever said anything ever again about it. So, and I know, you know, I'm, I know Rich Foreman pretty well. Um, and he was down there in turn four at the start line and he was one of the guys that said, 
did, you didn't let off the throttle. You didn't get on the throttle. You didn't do anything until the cone. And he goes, the header's pointing right at me. I think I'd be the first one to be able to tell, right? So um, just coming from that view, it's uh, definitely kind of helps me go at ease a little bit more. And, and I've been one to not really care what people have to say as far as that. Yeah, you mentioned Rich there, and I, I leaned over and asked him uh, what Levi was talking about when we were standing there in victory lane, and he mentioned the restart, and he said he didn't see anything wrong with it. So uh, you said you're, you're a guy that likes to voice your opinion. Well, another guy on the, the uh, tour there that likes to voice his opinion is, is uh, Thomas Mesral, Timez, and he's been uh, very adamant, and, and he even said in his after his heat race win that you know he's tired of getting run over by teenagers out there. What's kind of your view on midget racing in general? Is it one of those? Does, does they, midget racing have a dirty driver problem? Yeah. Is that that's what we're getting at? Yeah, I think it's. I wouldn't say it's a dirty driver problem. I think it's just a lot of pressure, um, a lot of, you know. I mean, there's kids out there, you know. For instance, Kenny McIntosh, that one night he'll be, you know, par and and he won't be dirty or won't run into you, and he'll be the cleanest driver he can be. And then there's other nights that, you know, there's 10k on the grant on the on the line, or and he's you know running into people or all over all over people and. Uh, you know, I've had a talk with him multiple times about that, but it's just, I feel like respect and, and, uh, just kind of knowing your place, you know, there's a lot of people out there that you can race with as far, you know, you said Timez and, um, before I got into it with, with Cannon, um, on one of those, one of those green flag runs, you know, Timez and I were throwing sliders and I mean, we were running, you know, quarter inch away from each other at times and even, you know, barely rubbing up on each other and, neither of us wrecked each other. So, um, there's guys that you can race like that with, and there's guys that you, uh, know that you, uh, can't even get close to. Yeah. And Saturday night you were physically, uh, physically upset with somebody. I, I, I don't know if it was Grant or somebody else, but you know, coming out of three, it, it looks like you got taken out basically. And you jumped out of the car and arms come up and whatnot. But what, can you go into that a little bit? <laughs> I don't even know what happened at first. You know, I, I mean, I can't, I came from dead last and um, was passing everybody, obviously, and didn't yeah. touch one single car um, the whole way, except Cannon, because he was chopping me. But um, <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I was kind of rolling the bottom. I was the only guy in, in that area, just rolling the bottom the whole way up and, um, you know, was passing Grant, I think, for fifth, I want to say. Yeah. And KT fifth, fifth or sixth, and KT and Dayson were the next two victims to get past. And um, you know, all of a sudden, I get absolutely destroyed. And there wasn't been one car on the bottom the whole time for me coming up there. And um, I asked Grant, "What the fuck?" You know, <laughs> and uh, he uh, was like, "Well, I was getting ready to slide Dayson. I didn't even, I didn't even get back to him on that one because Dayson was in front of me." So. He had one motto, and that was to clean me out, I guess. But I, I don't know. I've never really had a problem with Grant, I guess, until now. So, um, but that, you know, that don't change the way I drive people. If, you know, if you're going to dirty me, I'm going to dirty you. So, yeah, like I said, normally I, I, I was hanging out in turn two, so I, I, I didn't get a clear view of that. But I did get a clear view of the Emerson Axum getting in the back of CV there. And at first I thought he'd done him kind of dirty. Then I went back and watched the replay and, to me, that looked like a racing deal, but uh, when he got out of the car at the end of the end of the night, the crowd was fit or was voicing their opinion pretty well. Yeah, man, you know, um, <laughs> Jerome is uh, kind of a good buddy of mine, or used to be at least. He uh, 
happens to be dating my sister now, so. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that could go either way, I bet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's my buddy at sometimes or my enemy at others, so I can't really say much about that right now. But, um, yeah, I, Emerson's a hell of a driver. There's no two ways to put about it, you know. So, he uh, he's probably the most respectful young talent out there and his parents have done him right um you know they're they tell him you know you're gonna race people the way they race you but he's also clean about it and i me personally it was kind of the same thing that happened with cannon earlier in the earlier in the race with me is when you get hung in the middle man and and you're got a you got a head of steam behind you it's it's hard no matter what you do to not get in the back of somebody. And, and, you know, if that car get all of a sudden goes in the middle and you, and you hit the slick, there's a, there's a lot of speed difference, right. That, that goes, goes into effect. So, um, I think Emerson did a hell of a job. You can obviously, I'm big on going and, and screen recording those things and then slow-mo in the videos and you can see Emerson, um, just like you could see in my video with Canon, like you can see, drivers when they are really not trying to get into somebody they you can watch the cars just last minute get on the brakes um and you can see his car just all of a sudden point straight a little bit and yeah. ain't nothing you're gonna do yeah. and like he he worded it very well as far as i feel like that was a lap car's problem and not his so um you know hats off to him you know obviously i'd want to see drum win if i can't win right um but I think he did a hell of a job and, and, and got the win the yeah, way like, he should have. Yeah, like I said, I, when I first saw it, it was right there in front of me, and it happens at a split second. And then obviously, I'm not a driver by any means, but like I said, I thought he'd done it dirty, but then watching the replay, I can see exactly what you were saying, how you got on the brakes, you know, and slowed it down and whatnot. But for ten grand to win, I don't care who you are. I'd, I'd probably wreck you. <laughs> hey, three grand to win, I don't care either. <laughs> midget, midget racing don't pay enough right now. Um yeah, it's great. We get these ten to grand, ten grand to win shows every once in a while, but um, it don't pay enough, you know, to be racing full time and not and not be able to win, you know, every night. So, I think that's a lot of it, and you know, a lot of these kids don't even see the paycheck. So, um, and if they do, it goes straight to their parents. So you don't really be, you can't really, you know, blame these kids for for racing hard. But for me, you know, racing for a living, you you got to take every chance you can. So maybe Robert Blue didn't know what he was talking about when he tweeted that he reviewed that ten times and it was it was blatant on Axum's fault. <laughs> I uh, I uh, I respect Robert a lot, but I even kind of gave him shit about it. I was texting him about it, and I, I I told him I said, "Hey, but Emerson didn't do nothing wrong." He and his response was something like. I know I'm just stirring up the pot or, or something like that. But <laughs> that sounds like Robert. That's Robert. Yeah. You know, you you mentioned something about person. I think I think you mentioned this on Midget Monday too. Is is there? Would you like to see? I guess let me ask you this: If you were to change something in midget racing, what would it be that you would change? And it would be something like the person. I think you mentioned like you know consistent purses, uh, paying more I'd things say like the, that. The purses, man. You know, um, that's that's kind of the big thing. I think that'd keep a lot more drivers around. Um, you know, me, I want to go wing sprint car race on USAC hates hearing it, but you, all their drivers want to go, go somewhere where the money's at. Mm. And, you know, obviously they can only do so much, but they could also go try to find a lot more sponsors as well. So, um, you know, we can only race, you know, for me, I'm, I'm 25 years old. I can only race midgets for so much longer 
Um, and you know, down the road, obviously I want to start a family and, and, and have a house and, you know, a shop and all that stuff. And you ain't going to do that race of midgets unless you got mommy and daddy paying for everything. So, um, it's something that, you know, I've kind of been big on here lately, especially in the last few years is, I mean, actually the, the, the main reason why I went and ran wing sprint cars on California was because of the, was because of the pay, you know, I mean, I made more money. I, I won 13 races in a wing car out there in California and, and made more money than I, than I would have made if I, you know, the, the two best years I ran for Keith. So, um, you know, we all kind of joke around and it's not about the money, but in the end of the day, if, if it ain't about the money, you ain't, you ain't <laughs> yeah. racing for the right reason. So, so give us fans that don't really know what is an average purse for a, for a midget race, uh, two or 3000 to win. How big of a drop off is that when you get to fifth place or whatever? Uh, Cause we all know that with the world of outlaws, you get 10,000 to win. And I think it's like 1100, for like 10th place. So what's the drop off in a midget race? To be honest, I, I couldn't even tell you. I don't even know. I know if I run outside the top three, I'm pissed. Cause I ain't making no money. No, no. it's kind of a, it's a wash at that point. You know, it's like, it's not even worth thinking about cause you get so frustrated. Yeah. So how, how, how relieving was it when you, you came up on the schedule, saw we're coming out here to Jefferson County and you saw Cody Brewers putting up that 10 grand to win. Is that something, obviously you're excited for that, but I mean, you're thinking that's going to be a hell of a payday and, and whatnot. And that could either make or break you keeping you on the road, basically. Is that kind of the right direction yeah, you know, going? Yeah, you know, obviously, right. I mean, we've got a few big paying midget races this year with, I think the Houston's that Houston's race is paying good. The Placerville race is paying good. Um, you know, I said in my interview, I think two, the last, the two, the, the two nights I won, um, Cody Brewer did, that dude's a stand up dude <laughs> playing simple him and his track crew, everybody there. There's nobody else out there as far as track crews that have good people like Cody Brewer does. I mean, and, and for him to put up the 10 K, I didn't even know that until you just said that, to be honest, I didn't know he put up the 10 K. Yeah. I, I and, think he uh, got a sponsor for it. But I mean, sense. it's, 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 hey, it's definitely he worked nice. to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep, for sure. He did the work to do it. There's, and that just shows you that it's, it's capable of being done. It's just a matter of uh, actually doing it. Yeah. We're, we're definitely big fans of Cody, Cody here in the Cornhusker city, because if it wasn't for him, we would not see midgets out here at all. I mean, it's, it's rare for USAC to come out to the, to Nebraska or Kansas or anything like that. I mean, Indiana's probably be the closest place we could see you guys. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I honestly wish we could come out there more, you know, Jefferson puts on one of the best midget races of the year, I'd say. And, uh, Beloit was, I said, um, after I won that, like that track with all the remodels and stuff that they've done is, is probably one of the best racetracks we go to as well. In your opinion, this this might be a stupid question, so if it is, I apologize. But what is the ideal size track for a midget? Is is the one fifth, one quarter, uh, the way to go? I know the half miles they just eat up engines, and unless you're a, extremely, <laughs> you got the right motor, it's, it's hard to win in that. But what what size of track do you feel is ideal for a uh, a midget? I'd say the quarters, you know. Um, I don't, I don't even know what size, what size is Jefferson? Uh, I believe it's the fifth. fifth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that dude, honestly, that truck right there, that 
um, quarter miles like Placerville. I think those are all good tracks. I think it's good to go to, you know, half miles. I don't think Eldora is the best racetrack for a midget. Um, I think if we were to be able to go to like a track like Calistoga or even Terre Haute, um, a lot of these kids don't need to be going there anyway, but, um, (laughs) I just, I think if we could go to a track and it'd be, you know, track based off like Terre Haute, you know, Calistoga mainly is, is what I come to mind when I think of a good half mile back when, you know, David Avery was doing it. I think it'd be awesome, but you can't take most of these kids there. Um, it won't be good. Now, now you mentioned, uh, wanting to go wing sprint car racing. What's the ultimate goal there is uh, obviously it'd probably be the outlaws, but are you looking to, you know, kind of start off kind of, kind of, Basically, kind of what Tyler Courtney's doing, you know, rolling in and starting with the All Stars, hitting a few Outlaw shows, and maybe uh, winning a Kings Royal your first year out. <laughs> yeah, I mean that'd be that'd be great, right? Um, no, man, I I've ran I've ran wing cars for a season now um, out in California, and you know I was actually just talking to one of my good buddies and actually my crew chief on my wing stuff uh, out in California today about it, and you know we we're just talking if we had the right opportunity to do it the way we would want to is kind of, you know, I'd like, I'd honestly like to jump on the road right now and, and, you know, go after the rookie of the year with the outlaws and, and go after as many wins that we could possible. And, you know, and then the next following year after that and the year after that go, um, uh, just go after the hunt. You know, there's, there's something about racing with the best to be the best. Right. So, um, I think that's something, you know, you, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Tim Kading, but you know, when he oh, was yeah. racing in California, obviously he was a top star, but you know, he'd go out on the outlaws and it'd take him a minute to get rolling again. But when he got rolling, he was, you know, he was one to beat and then he'd go back to California and dominate. And then he would kind of slow down to their pace, um, and, and slow down. So, um, you know, my first five or my first eight, wing sprint car races were with the outlaws and I jumped in at Tulare right off the bat with the outlaws and, uh, you know, didn't make the first two shows. And then the third show I ended up making and I ran from 13th to second to yeah. Donnie. So, um, oh, it's wow. just a matter of yeah, you know, racing no with the best people. I'm washed up now. apparently. <laughs> Ford. Um, it's just, it's just all about having the right people behind you and, and having the right opportunity, right motors and, and everything clicking right, you know, the right chemistry. And that's something that, you know, Lee, uh, my crew chief out in California and I, we've, for some weird ass reason, the dude showed up at the guy's shop I was going to run for. So he was trying to sell welding supply equipment to, to our shop. And, uh, and next thing you know, I mean, he's our crew chief and we go on and win a couple of races that year, first year and run second with the outlaws. And I mean, uh, I'm just saying this based off of how I feel, but you know, probably three or four more laps, we win that outlaw race. We're that fast. So, um, I, I just want to go do it. I don't, I don't want to sit here and, Oh, if we're good enough, I know we'll let's make it good enough. Plain and simple, you know? Well, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but with this question, uh, the AIM Electrical team that you're racing for right now, they, they have put together wing cars and raced in Arizona and so forth. Is there any potential that uh, that could uh, parlay into something bigger and better for you? Yeah, that's a talk, right? I mean, it's uh, Andy is by far probably 
not probably. He is one of the best car owners I've, I've been able to race for. Um, he, uh, he understands it. He's a younger dude, but he's got the old school car, uh, old, old school car owner mentality where, you know, he doesn't just get just the shit that, you know, everybody wants. He gets the shit you need. And, uh, you know, he's, if there's something better, he'll get it. So, um, he's, uh, we've, we've definitely talked. Um, hopefully we'll have some better plans here. We're just trying to get through this year and, and make the best of this year right now. And, uh, you know, we are going after the both titles and, um, just had some bad luck, obviously in, in the, the midget stuff and the wing and the non-wing car just been struggling a little bit, but we click off good runs here and there. And, uh, it's just about, being consistent now for for the non-wing car and then the midget you know obviously just going after all the wins so i'm just trying to put everything together and uh you know you start running good and everything seems to play um uh play out all right well before we let you go uh obviously you got a busy week coming up here pretty soon with the uh, usac indiana midget week or not midget week sprint car week uh what's what's your favorite track that you're going out to out there this year Oh, I love Lawrenceburg and a midget. I, we ran like crap there in the, in the nominee car last time we were there. But, uh, you know, if I, if I had to say, I'd either say Putnamville or Lawrenceburg, um, you know, Putnamville, I've had really good showings in the midget and, um, won a bunch there in the midget and ran really good in the, in the nominee car. And, uh, I think it'll be a good track for us to hopefully be able to, if we, if we hit, are able to pick off one win through sprint week. That's probably the track we'll be able to do it at. Yeah, definitely. Sprint week is one of those weeks I want to want to go to. I've always said that if I can skip the Knoxville Nationals to go out to sprint week, I'm definitely going to do it. Oh no! Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Something, something. I'll disagree with you on that one. <laughs> well, fair, fair enough. It's just something about wingless sprint car racing out there in Indiana that. That obviously we don't get it here in Nebraska. We have 305s as our main class here. So just something about you guys backing it in there and just balls to the wall. It's it's just fucking badass in my book. Yeah, it's good, man. It's a, I mean, just like anything, you got to have the right package and you, the driver has to be comfortable. These guys you see, Blue and and Leary and, and uh, who else? KT. I mean, you can tell when they're when they're comfortable, and just like me, you can tell when we're comfortable, and you can tell when we're not, and that's the big thing with non-wing racing. Like, if you ain't com- if I, especially me, I've already busted my ass, and I've I feel like I'm a lot smarter than most of these guys. <laughs> Some of these, a lot of these guys bust their ass, and they're dumb enough to go do it again. <laughs> like, I, I I try not to do that again, and, and try to you know learn from that. But uh, <laughs> sounds bad, but it's it's the truth. Well, you were definitely comfortable this past week picking up those two uh, USAC midget wins. And uh, I want to thank you for jumping on the program with us. And uh, good luck at Sprint Week. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. Good luck, yeah, Tanner. Tanner. Thanks a lot, Tanner. We appreciate Thanks. it. All right. That was Tanner Thorson joining right. us on, on, on the program tonight. And If you ever had a chance to listen to Midget Monday, get on. It's on Twitter spaces. Um, Tanner doesn't hold back. And, and he he said nothing different than he would have said on a, on a Midget Monday. So it was great to get a lot of good insight from him. Man. Yeah, a lot di- of honest insight. Dive into this Midget Monday. I, I've seen it pop up on my Twitter feed every now and then. Mm-hmm. I really haven't listened to it, but... I, I, I caught a few, and it's fun because you'll get the drivers, and, and a lot of them are pretty unfiltered. I mean, absolutely. They, they don't, you know, they'll... 
they'll be not they'll be in some cases respectful in some cases they'll they will not take take anybody's crap and it's uh it's a lot of fun to listen to. Well, when you do, when there's no threat of you getting punched in the nose, you can say a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, on that, I, I I have tuned in two or three times, and I've never caught the excitement. I, I'm either before the excitement or after. There was a controversy about, I don't know, a month ago, and it was on there, and the drivers got on there, and they, they duked it out on, on there. and But by the time I got on there, it was over, and so I, it, it, I There are it. some delays. Yeah, and- yeah. Just gotta be patient and listen to it, but uh, I've heard nothing. But uh, it's it's a pretty cool thing on a, on a Monday night. Yeah, Brian Dunlap, uh, Walkpedia, Walkpedia, get on there. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember his name. All of a sudden, he announced for USAC. It's just uh, they're Tony and um, they're, I mean they're just Brian Holbert was on there. Brian right Holbert was yeah. on, you know, and and they're just they're just straight up honest. It's just like uh, I, I kind of imagine it's like you have everybody kind of at the bar and people kind of walk in and out and kind of say their thing yep. and come out yep. and come back in and that it, that's a lot of what it is yeah it's it's a lot of fun to listen to and and tanner's one of the more um yeah i don't say outspoken just you know is is willing to share his opinion yeah obviously you he heard and, it here that he, and he honest has, and, he has no problem you know sharing what he feels so yeah. so you better be careful because that got uh robert blue suspended for like half a year <laughs> yeah that's robert blue yeah I, i'm not upset about it <laughs> So anyways, we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. We're going to probably talk a little bit more about the uh, dirty driver or lack of respect problem we have at USAC Midget Racing. I got the quote from Timez here earlier after he wanted to see race at Jefferson County Speedway. So we'll be right back, folks.
All right, folks, welcome back to the show. Like I mentioned before, we are going to hear from Timez and his uh, thoughts on the lack of respect from these uh, young kids out here on the uh, USAC trail. But as you know, not least, Thomas Meserol coming home third. And team has what a performance by you. A lot of bumping and grinding between the midgets on this Port City Raceway. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much just uh, hang your elbows up and go for it here. You know, kind of got into the 84 car. Really hate that for him, but, uh, you know, sorry about your luck. And that's midget racing, you know. I mean, I've been doing this a long time, and you just kind of, like, throw sliders. Slider die, everybody. That's not the right thing. Well, but but it it's a good it, segment. It's, it's the same because when he won, it was that's what you do. But now that he lost, it's like this is bullshit. These kamikaze kid drivers are are, are rough on equipment. So it, it 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 does that that happened last year, I believe, with uh, the eighty four Chad Boat racing car. Yeah, I think I have the quote right here. I, you know, obviously I programmed these buttons wrong, but. Thank you very much, Tony. Going to check in with Team Mez, Thomas Mezzerall. He's all the way out. He's excited that tonight is turnaround from what we were looking at last night here. Yeah, I've been getting crashed every night. We just can't get any luck, and we have a ton of speed, but I just get run over by a bunch of teenagers. So it's nice to be out here in front of the crowd. Uh, you know, I kind of had to do a slider die uh, pass on Jason McDougal, you know, and I hate that. That's my homie. That's my buddy. But. It is for ten grand tonight. Winning the heat race doesn't make a difference. The 7X is on a roll tonight, so I, I feel good about that. Team Mez feels good about it. That's Thomas Meserol, your winner of Simpson Race Products, heat race number one. So, yeah, I mean, it's it all depends on what side of the fence you're on with this thing. If it happens to you, fucking bullshit. But if you do it, it's midget racing. That's midget racing. Yeah, um, Amerson Axum on, that, on the Midget Monday was talking about how close it was, that everybody is pretty much equal. And and his and I'm, I don't want to risk putting any words into his mouth, but it was something to the effect of you know it's so close that sometimes you don't really have a choice but to I I I don't know exact term I think it was like lean on a guy or something like that, and you know and I I kind of saw it as to when they're so close when you race these guys so close I mean we just got done watching the World Outlaws race here and and you don't you get your slides and you get that but these guys you know top 5 they are in and out and in and out so what makes race midget racing so great but it also makes it so much more of a chance of guys are going to hit each other take each other out you know I always see is you you got a you know a 5 foot wide car and a 5 and a half foot hole half the time you're going to hit somebody sometime so but I don't know it it's hard I think some people talked about that quote, and then, and we're kind of like, you know, you'd see some follow-up tweets like, you're one to talk. You know, after he said it, I made it a point to to watch the support class that we had out there at Jefferson County Speedway, which was the uh, the AICS. Uh, the Lucas Oil. Yeah, the, now the micro. 600. The, yeah, the Now 600 series, which is a bunch of young kids for the most part. They're 10. <laughs> Winner twice was 11. Yeah, they're 10 to <laughs> 11 years. 16 yeah, years I'll old. I'll talk about him later. He's a good kid. Yeah, I mean, but for the most part, if you watch those kids, man, they're beating, banging on each other to make moves. I mean, to get in the back of somebody was no big deal. It's And to slide somebody and, you know, bump the wheels with them or whatever, not a big deal. It sounds like, you know, mommy and daddy might have money, so if but, I crash my shit, I crash but my it, shit. Is that racing? I mean, I, I don't. Is that where we want it to go? Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think it is. I I think you know. I don't want to say this, but they're kids. But some of these kids need to get popped in the mouth. Well, we saw last night. The cushion posted a video of the of the last two laps of their six hundred cc micro midget race, and 
um, the guy running second ran in low into one and banged wheels with the guy that was leading and pushed him clear out of the way. And then that guy ended up falling to second and they went into three and that guy took out the, the, the leader. I mean, it was nothing but bumping and banging. I mean, make a clean pass and win the damn race. Uh, I, sometimes it's, it's, you can't avoid rubbing and bumping. I mean, it's just going to happen in these tight, tight quarters, but it just seems like it's becoming the norm. And I don't know that I, agree with that becoming the norm and i think it's trickling up to the sprint cars too Uh, yeah you're you're seeing chopping Mm -hmm. going on in the sprint cars you're seeing you're seeing some very aggressive moves in the sprint cars that weren't there a few years ago and i i don't know that i'm a big fan uh of that kind of racing yeah i think it's just as these kids graduate graduate up to the next class to the next class that's that's what they know that's what they do i think you know the issue one of the issues i i saw and and Tanner pointed out right there that midget racing anymore isn't a destination. It's a transition class. And I think with a lot of the, this is just, okay, this is just me throwing out my hot take. I think when you have a lot of these kids and you see them being the next, they want to be the next Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, Tony Stewart, Jeff Gordon, all that started up at that time and that next big thing. So they're going to just go through and blow through whatever they can do to win. To get the eyeballs. You know, this this kid's winning races. This kid's doing this. And like like you said, it ain't their money. Yep. It's easy to do when it ain't your money. And I don't and and pressure. You know, I you can't tell me that in some cases there there isn't mom and dad or whatever, you know, trying to live vicariously through this person that are really putting the heat on him. I mean, we've yeah. seen it in every class. Whereas you get somewhere like in the World of Outlaws, that's a destination class. There's very few guys that are going to come up in the World of Outlaws and go to NASCAR. I mean, you see guys obviously come down, Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson, that. But that's that's where you go to end. And, yeah. and that's a that's fine. That's I'm not trying to you know classify it as anything, but that's that's how I see midget racing. It's too and you know Tanner Thorson put it right there a lot of pressure. I think there's a lot of pressure on everybody to win, and they'll do what they can to do it. And the justification is, well, you know what? Now I did it to him. And if you're a USAC, you let that go. And I think really ultimately, I mean, you know, this will probably get me banned from pit passes or whatever. <laughs> I think USAC needs to look at and say, hey, this isn't good for the sport. And, you know, for all, USAC is so steeped in freaking tradition it is time to start saying, look, this ain't the way it's done. That's that's my take. Well, I agree with most of that, but on the other side of the coin, why does USAC have to change? It's working for them. They get full field of cars. That's your point. Yeah, they, that's they got, exactly it. They got eight uh, um, Keith Coons cars showing up at every race. Um, they got top dollar Toyotas showing up at every race. Why do they need to add more money to the purse when – these rich kids are going to keep paying six, seven, eight thousand dollars for a ride to show up at a race. I mean, um, if you don't want to support USAC and you think that they need to change, don't support them and move to Power Eye or whatever. But uh, I think it's the same with Power Eye, though. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, well, you're you're right. Just I mean, people always bitch that just like tonight, there's a race at Rapids, Rapid, Rock Rapids uh, Speedway in in Iowa, three sixty races. There's eighteen cars that show up. They're paying three thousand to win. 
purses and everything, uh, you got to start speaking with car counts and car counts. If you decrease car counts, that's going to speak volumes and then things will change. Oh, and okay. Let me throw the tinfoil hat on. Why does USAC want to change when these kids are going to yeah, NASCAR? Absolutely. And they can, they can keep, they've been hanging their hat on that since Jeff Gordon. Yep. And this is, this is where the stars are born. And again, let me really tighten the tinfoil up on the hat <laughs> and say, no, I want those kids winning. Cause if I take kids winning from that's less chance of them moving up and less chance of, you know, I, I don't want to say a grave train, but that's, that's that connection that gets lost. And you, but you, I, you, I don't even believe that take, but you mentioned, I'll <laughs> just throw it out there. You mentioned all the pressure and there's gotta be a ton of pressure on these kids because you got mom and dad or whoever spinning. I, I I obviously I do not know the numbers. Say you're spending it's five hundred. Say you're spending five hundred thousand dollars a year to get in a Keith mm-hmm. Woods car. It's seventy eight thousand for a Toyota engine. Yeah, without headers. Yeah, I, if I've you're spending half Johnson a million dollars a year that. year to jump into a Keith Coons car, that's a lot of pressure on this kid to you know do well, something. Team has posted ten thousand dollars per night in a, in a Keith Coons car, so there's tons of pressure on that fifteen year old to perform. Where's the money being made then? Well, Keith Coons is just rolling it. He has a but, great. Uh, he, I will say, and I'm not trying to. Now dog he on wins. Keith. That's a win and deal. Yeah, I'm not trying to dog on Keith. He he has a great business model there. You know, you got kids out here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. To, he's giving them top notch equipment. That top, is true. Top notch. They're knowledge. getting a fair exchange. There is nobody better in midget racing as, as setting up cars than there is Keith. There is a fair exchange going on. And, but I, I feel that Keith is a businessman more so than a than a rate well, it's gonna sound bad it's, it's a formula a, one mentality well yeah why would he go into that 600 cc micro midget class if it, he's a businessman so now he's got cars in the 600 cc micro midget class that he is providing but other people are paying for it he's not he's not losing a dime in that stuff. no he, he's he's a but he's a smart well, businessman. Don't hate on him for being smart. He's a smart businessman. Um, do it if you can do it. I mean, Chad Boats, uh, Chad Boats taking the baton and running with it with his team. He's, he's got two or three cars and, and doing the same thing. Yeah, and, and that, that may be the model. And, you know, with the escalating costs, that may be where you have to do it. Yep. Like I said, it's, it's a Formula One model. If, you know, how many of those guys in Formula One, I can guarantee you half that grid in Formula One couldn't couldn't find their ass with both hands if yeah. they had to get into a real car, like an Indy car, or even then, you know, and set it up. No, they're bringing money with them. Well, Keith Coons brings eight cars to the track, and and six of them are paying ten thousand dollars per night, so the other two can, like uh, Buddy Kofoid, he's going to go out. He's not paying a dime for his ride, and and uh, he's 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 making Keith Coons look good. Props to them; it, it works for them. So go for it. Yeah, I, like I said, I don't know how his business works or whatnot. But, I mean, we obviously – it doesn't take a rocket science to know that some of these kids are paying to be in a car. There's no way shot in hell that Rico's paying to be in a Keith Coons car when he wants to go run a midget. Right. It just – I mean, no. maybe at first when he first started running for him, he might have. But now, you know, he's proved himself as a top-tier talent. Yeah. It takes an investment. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm talking about, Buddy Kofoy, too. He doesn't need to anymore. So, so the the uh, six other Keith Coons cars are paying for the other two to play. Yeah, there's kind of that flip where, oh, whoa, whoa, dude, I'm doing more for you now. Yeah, yeah, you know, being here. So, yeah, so it. I mean, yeah, it is. But what whatever it is, it takes. It's, it's, it's a lot of pressure, and I mean, it's 
as a fan, it's fun to watch. Oh, absolutely. I wish we could get so much more midget racing in Nebraska. It's almost like you mix midget racing with a little bit of pro wrestling. <laughs> you know, just kind of that. Or MMA, maybe. Just the, the, the shot. But it's it's I, I hate seeing that go. I hate seeing that happen. I hate seeing guys wreck stuff, you know, tearing up metal, getting hurt, I, you know, or potentially getting hurt. But um, it's what it is. It's it's a fun. It, it is my favorite form of, of dirt racing is, is midgets. So. Yep, wish I we wish we had them more here. And, and when they're clean, it's great. Yeah. And speaking of midget racing, and I'm probably going to piss off some people here, but oh, <laughs> what have we not done? That? I tell, know, tell I know, Jim Strat. But we got some midget cars here. Uh, Junior Mark Birch has a car. Tad mm-hmm. Hallman has a car. Cody Ledger has a car. Kabundi has a car. There's a Skip Smith, mid, Skip Smith midget. I think still out there. <sighs> It kind of pisses me off when the, when the midget races come here that our local cars are not supporting it. And I know I know that most of these guys have midgets just to run the chili bowl, but I'm on the 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 mentality of like I got a car in the garage, I want to go fucking race it. So I and I and then Junior went off off and ran the Power Eye races at Grain Valley the same weekend. We're, we're racing here in Nebraska, but I I do know that Mark had some family plants going on which prevented him from coming out to Beloit I believe it was and whatnot so but when when the series is in your backyard I feel like our local cars should be there same with same with the outlaws when they come into town same with the ASCS guys when they come to town I feel our local cars should no, be especially there especially ASCS it, it's just my opinion like yeah, I said I might piss I, off some I'm people kinda, well I, I'm again it's not my money yeah exactly it's not so my I'll money that, so but I would I like do, to see our local guys out I there I do kind of hear this oh i wish we had more of this well they're here and you're not yeah it would help a lot more if you were here because i can tell you what it, you you know this too trey Gropp was the fan favorite oh yeah i mean every time he came out on the and, racetrack and the announcers your nebraska boy trey Gropp out here in, in the and uh, he was Mount doing Stout, well you know double zero so it, i mean to have more of your local guys taking on the stars of buddy Kofoid, tanner thorson I think it's just it's just something I like to see. Like when the Outlaws came to Eagle, I'd like to see Mike Boston jump in at 410. I'd like to see Billy Alley come out here and, and try his luck with the Outlaws. i like to see what our stars are, are local guys who do really well that have the ability to jump into one of these cars. And like I said, they have them sit in the garage. To your guys' knowledge, who has a 410 in Nebraska right now? Jack Dover and Cody Tyler, Ledger? Tyler Drukey, Cody Ledger, Tyler Jack Drukey. Dover. You're right. So three cars right now. I mean, Seth Bramer might. We just don't know. So, yeah, I mean, but you got to also, it's all about the money. I it mean, is, is it, it worth like $800 said, to strap that thing in to run but 24th? But at the same time, if you look at guys like Nick Bryan, when we don't have a full field of outlaw cars, he comes out there, you know, makes one lap. He made $800 yeah. in his, in his yeah. 360. So. And I remember back in the, you know, 80s and 90s, we would do that. You know, 360s come out there and – you know, a couple of, I, I think it was pretty rare that we never made an A feature. But there were only, you know, 20-something outlaws. Right. And you were able to make it in. You, you go in, you run your lap, you pull it in and, and cash in and enjoy the rest of the race. But to to that point, when we were running um, NCRA outlaws in, in, in the 90s, and we, you know, obviously we went to any outlaw races was within, you know, one or two hours of our house. And I can remember you know, Drow Jr. won a heat race and the, and the place went nuts. And so I, I really think that local 
that local aspect helps out the show. It helps get fan interest. And I, I, like you said, Brandon, I'd love to see it more. It's not my money though. Yep. Yep. So with that being said, I think we are going to wrap things up here. Yep, uh, you I, got anything else guys? I'm done. I, uh, we got to discuss, uh, having a podcast next week, our pre Knoxville national show, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So, uh, if you just, uh, want to throw out our, our favorites right now, if by some odd chance we don't get together before the Knoxville nationals, you got to look at the 41, the 1S, and the 49. I got the 57 and the 7. Yeah, well, the 57 is always a factor. And the 7, I mean Tyler Courtney. Tyler Courtney. I, yeah, I was going to say uh, 57, and Tyler Courtney is my dark horse. And, um, yeah, hell, I'll throw another dark horse out there. Maybe Brian Brown keeps it rolling. Brian Brown, you got to look at him now that he had such a great week at uh, Eldora. All right. With so the with new crew chief. Daniel Lasoski, the catfish dude. <laughs> All right, so with that being said, we will catch everybody on the flip side. <laughs>